Hey everyone, my name is Sumble Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We're here. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Wish it was Friday. <laughs> no, because on Fridays we like barely can talk. Yeah, we're b- basically sleeping on Fridays. <laughs> uh, so I watched that show that Alana recommended called Dead to Me. <gasps> Did you like it? You know, it was, I didn't love it. What? I, I thought it was funny uh-huh. and dark, but I was kind of like, okay, what's the, what's going to happen, right? What's but the then... point? Yeah, I mean, there is this, there, yeah, it, it is kind of crazy that the show, the premise is interesting. The premise I don't want to give it away. No, don't give it away. Yeah. But there was like some things that happened where you were like, man. Yeah. Wow. She, um, they're really good actors. Okay, so I have a question. My friends and I have been talking about this and we're of two minds. Do you think she had Christina Applegate had work done on her face? Oh. Because she's like my age. You know, I, I didn't even think about that. Huh. I didn't even think about that. So I don't think she did, and I think she looks fabulous. Um, but do, I do think she looks like she's in her like mid to late 40s. Like, she looks, she lo- yeah, she she looks, looks great. great. Um, but she doesn't look to me like she had any work done. And then I have a friend who was like, oh, she had so much work done on her face. And I was like, I was actually thinking the opposite, that she looked huh. so natural. And it's like yeah. so unusual to see an actress in her like late forties with that looks that natural. I don't know. I found it really refreshing. Yeah, she looked like me. Like when I look in the mirror, I'm like that lady looks like you know she looks great. She looks, she looks a little tired. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She did say that she went into therapy after the show or during the show, and like she had to work through a lot of stuff. Well, I think she had breast cancer. I think she had... She definitely had breast cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. in the show, they they reveal that she had breast cancer and then it caused some, some issues with her husband. And So I feel like a lot of it was like maybe it brought yeah. out a lot of stuff for her. And then there's a, there's a man in the show who Wait. I think is... <laughs> Just so attractive. What is his name? James. Um, oh, Marsden. Marsden. Yes. Oh, my gosh. He was in a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite movie. <laughs> Everyone's favorite movie. He is, he's, he's kind of annoying in the show, but he is, I think he's just beautiful. He his is. Face. And then he like t- starts talking and I'm like, nope, I'm out. Really? Yeah, no. He's, he's like, not my type. Really? Oh, my God. I was like, let me forward, let me like rewatch this scene. He's just like very classically handsome. He is. That's he not is. really my scene. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you can have him. I can have him. <laughs> can yeah. have him. He, um, he's, you know how old he is? No. He is, get this, 45. Has he had work done? <laughs> he doesn't look 45 at all. He doesn't. He doesn't. Maybe he has had some really good work done. No, he looks great. Oh, I love him so much. Anyway, I've been <laughs> a fan of his since. Was uh, he in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No, I don't think so. That's another James Marsden person. He has like four kids though. He has three kids. Wow. He's divorced. I love that you're just looking this up online right now. <laughs> know, Googling. Like Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm like, let me look at him. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, it makes me yeah. Anyway, so um so, he he's I watch the show for him. People. Watch the show for Christina Applegate. And, yeah, yeah, thought, yeah. Come on. Men are canceled. Yeah, you're watch, right. watch Christina Yeah, men Applegate. do they are canceled. <laughs> but, but watch it for both of them and the best friend. Oh, she's so great. She was on ER and I loved her on ER. She was on a show with um the coach from Friday Night Lights where they were they were siblings Love down him. in Florida and they murdered their brother or whatever. <laughs> she was like the little sister and she was awesome in that show too. Anyways. Great actress. Anyway, people moving on. Let us know if you have thoughts on on the show. <laughs> 
All right, so we did. We actually worked this week. We had a, we had a city council meeting on Monday night, and there were a few items that were of interest, even though we were out by eight o'clock. Yes, which was amazing. It was still light out when I left the building, and I was pretty psyched. It was awesome. So, the we'll start with some of the interesting things. We passed a resolution to support a bill asking for the creation of a special commission relative to the seal and motto of the Commonwealth. Uh, which currently depicts the conquest of Massachusetts from Native Americans. Uh, So for many years, the state flag and seal of Massachusetts Massachusetts has been a source of controversy. Uh, It is seen by many Native uh, American individuals and by other residents as an offensive symbol of white supremacy and historical oppression of Native people in Massachusetts and our nation as a whole. And so just to get more specific, the flag has a shield featuring an Indian, an American Indian man holding a bow in one hand and an arrow in the other and a flexed arm holds a sword above the the shield and activists claim that the that's the arm of miles standish who founded the plymouth colony and led expeditions against the local native american tribes so we heard a lot of compelling uh really heartbreaking and like really compelling i wasn't expecting like me either. I was really emotional about it. Yeah. So I was one of the co-sponsors along with uh, Mayor McGovern and um, Councillor Carlone. But uh, we all, after the the testimony, were really moved. So Shelley Lowe, and who's an executive director of the Harvard University Native American Program, she um, she's also an enrolled member of the Navajo Nation. She said she'd lived in Cambridge. She lives in Cambridge with her five children and has for 10 years. And her daughter had visited the council chamber while enrolled in the city's girls only leadership development uh, program or gold for short. And, you know, Shelley said she had to be in this room. She had to look at that flag. Her value was taken down because of that flag in this room. Uh, and I don't and she continued and said, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want us to be devalued because of that image. So she was one of um, many residents who spoke in favor of the the resolution. And, uh, you know, we heard a lot about how the flag perpetuates the racism harbor, uh, harbored and violence taking against indigenous people for centuries. So but I think that her testimony was the most powerful because I think, I mean, for me, and I know for the vice mayor who kind of got up and left the chamber to to talk to her um you know we think about that gold program and we think it's this this awesome and it is this awesome program that helps empower young women to think about um their value and think about how um important they are and and what they might do next and it's all about like girl power right um and to think that she went there and felt devalued was really like such a heartbreaking thing for to hear and i think um Jan, during the our debate, one of the things she said, and I was really like, "Hell yeah!" Like, just let's just let's just remove that. Can we just remove that flag from the actual city council chamber? Yeah. Can we put it somewhere else um, where it won't ever be so offensive to a young girl or to another resident? And so I think we're going to try to get an answer on that. I think it's so crazy that we have to wait to get an answer on whether or not we can move a flag from a room. But Mm -hmm. here we are. Um, And I was very in favor of just, I mean, this is going to take a long time if it's passed to figure out a new seal and a new flag. And I think this is a great just first step. And it it would really be a a good, it would show um, 
the people that came on Monday night, um, the residents who came on Monday night, that we are really taking this seriously. So thanks for putting that in and, and for working on that. Yeah, I, I want to thank the residents who came out. Um, I'll, what uh, what Lowe said struck me, and I'll, I want to just share the, the end of what she had said. So she she said, we get asked constantly every day by individuals in this state, in this city, oh, I didn't know natives existed anymore. I thought you guys were all gone. Um, Which is such a horrible thing to say to somebody anyway. Like, who would... That's crazy. Uh, And it's not that they're thinking that we're all gone. They're thinking, oh, I thought you guys were all killed off. And it's because of a symbol like this. It's because we have to face this every single day. So, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing this resolution, um, this this commission get enacted. And I hope if there is testimony at the State House, I'd be happy. I'd want to go and make sure all of us could send a statement in yeah and we'd love to go to the state house yeah we do we do so that was one thing what else, what else bike lanes right oh the mass up yes so there was a policy order put in by the vice mayor and several other co-sponsors you were one of them yeah i imagine it was pretty popular this week you were so po- everybody wanted a little <laughs> sambal sadiki on their policy order <laughs> um so this is a policy order that just specifically asked the city to look into what it would take um to create a quick build uh, bike lanes from Putnam Ave on Massachusetts Avenue from Putnam Ave sort of just outside Harvard all the way to Sydney Street to connect with the, the bike lanes that are on the South Mass Ave corridor. Um, so this would actually have a if this was put into place you would have a uninterrupted uh, bike lane from Harvard Square all the way um, over and across the river. So I think there was some consternation about this because it kind of came in out of nowhere um, for some of the business owners here in Central Square, Um, even though I think it was worded in a way that was like, we're just asking the city, what would it take? You know, is the... is the dimensional requirement there like what is and and to come back um, by the end of June just to kind of figure out um, you know what it would take uh, so I had suggested a friendly amendment just to say before these quick builds were designed and planned if the Central Square Business Association or residents um, our senior citizens could you know ensure that they were part of any of that process that community process so um, I'm really excited about this I mean I have been saying for a long time I I've I would really like to figure out where those giant connectors are and put in the protected infrastructure. Because if you think about just a section of Brattle Street or a section of South Mass Ave or here or there, like where are people trying to get to from one place to another and how can we protect them once we're doing it? Or once, you know, anyway, I'm just like blah, blah, blahing. But I'm excited about this because I do feel like it's a critical connection piece. And I see so many people cycle along um, Mass Ave. And if you look at some crash reports, it's a pretty high mm-hmm. um, incident yeah, rate. Incident rate. So um, yeah, the Councilor Simmons also suggested the the same the same amendment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm glad we were able to incorporate it. And I think um, the vice mayor was very much uh, in favor of it too. Yeah, and I think really. She said, you know, it wasn't my intention yeah. to say I'm leaving these people out. It was really just an exp- – I think she just really wanted – you guys just really wanted to request mm-hmm. sort of an exploration. Yeah. But because bike lanes can be a little flashpointy um, – and one of the things I brought up was, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody remembers, but last February, one of the things I – 
asked to do was to have the city bring in a consultant, this Consensus Building Institute, to really look at the community building process around the Cambridge Street and the Brattle Street bike lanes and to figure out how to actually do a community process in a better way that would bring the community together and have build more support for these quick builds. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that we were bringing the reports and the findings um, that are just actually coming back from that consultant now mm-hmm. and just making sure that they were part of that process. Because I think we, you know, we hired this consultant, they've been working for a long time, and we, we should be using. <laughs> yeah, we often do all these reports, and then they sit. So it's important to incorporate. Yeah, and I just wanted to make sure work. it was like written down. Um, yeah, because sometimes when you just say it off the cuff, it doesn't always register. So yeah, it was part of the policy order. And now it's part of the public record. So we also talked about single use plastic items. So we voted to um, draft a s- ban on single-use plastic items, and um, it's right now that what these items could be is unclear because that conversation still needs to happen because there's a lot of different plastics. Uh, so many plastics. So many plastics, and you t- talked a little bit about that. Uh, and so this is the beginning of a conversation. We've banned plastic bags and uh, takeout in- containers, and we're aiming to reduce. Uh, the the trash we collect as a city by 30 percent by 2020 and 80 percent by 2050 uh and so you know the order does seek to eliminate single-use plastic items but it's left open uh for except exceptions and so uh, i think we have to really be mindful of the unique needs of our small business community as well as our seniors and individuals with disabilities so particularly related to the use of plastic straws and so forth. So uh, it's going to be an ongoing conversation, but it's a first step. Yeah. And one of the things I bet not everybody knows um, is plastic straws aren't necessarily recyclable, not because they contain a plastic that doesn't get recycled, but because they get filtered out in mm-hmm. the process. Um, if you've ever been to a recycling plant, it's pretty crazy and everything kind of gets sorted out, but they f- straws kind of fall through the netting. Um, and they just get thrown away um, and they end up in the bottom of the ocean. So straws are kind of a, I, we got a couple of emails. They're like, people can just recycle straws. And the way that the recycling gets sorted, it just doesn't end up that way, even though they're, they're plastic that can be um, recycled. One of the things, the policy order referenced two different communities that have put in a ban on single use plastic. One of them is in Brookline. Um, and one of them is in Berkeley, California. So one of the questions I asked was about, are we going to the Berkeley model, which is banning all single-use plastic by X amount of uh, whatever the date was, I can't remember. And Brookline, which actually is only banning number one plastic, number three plastic, and number six plastic. And you know, number six plastic, we already banned in our polystyrene ban. And if you think about, um, you know, if you go get an iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, that's a number five plastic, and those are still going to be allowed in Brookline. The lids are actually a number one plastic, which are, would be part of the ban. So I just wanted to try to figure out, like, which which direction are we going in? Because I think our, you know, to write an ordinance and not actually know which way we're going. Because, because the policy order referenced two different cities that are very, very different, I just kind of wanted to get some clarity around that. But I guess... Um, Councillor Zondervan said that they were just keeping it open Mm -hmm. um, to see how it would kind of all flesh out. Yeah, and the Berkeley one, they've, as you said, they've, they've, their ordinance requires all takeout cups, straws, cartons, and forks to be um, compostable. 
And their ordinance also requires restaurants to charge a 25 cent fee for disposable cups starting next year. So okay. that's part of it. And then in Brookline, um, yeah, they, again, like you said, they have a, it, it, it is, it does vary. And so I think I, I think we have to have a conversation with some of these business owners. Um, in you know, I talked to one of the owners of, I think, one owner of 1369 and even Royal Nine, mm -hmm. uh, Loyal Nine. We were there on Wednesday, yeah. uh, Tuesday morning for, for a meeting. and At 8 o'clock in the morning. At 8 o'clock in the morning. I was late. <laughs> <laughs> it was raining. I, I was raining at the park. <laughs> and yeah, and they, they were like, we really have a, a lot of concerns. And I said, they were like, is it banned? I was like, no, no, no. We There's no ban in place right now. We're, we have not had that conversation. And they were like, you know, a few years ago when you guys did the plastic bags, there wasn't enough conversation. Right. Um, you can't have that again. And I said, no, our, our goal is n definitely not to repeat uh, some of those mistakes in the past and make sure we, we have all stakeholders involved. And so some of the language in the policy order does speak to that having a stakeholder process. Yeah, and I think if you think about flashpoint issues, uh, that is one of them, right? With the small business owners, because I'm their business. It's like I mean, a lot of them have like this is our bread and butter. Like if we don't, it'll put us out of business, right? And I think we are just coming off of a, a small business celebration, a small business week, um, and where we talked about how much we care about and and value our local small businesses, and then. I think sometimes if you don't have those initial conversations with the business community prior to putting something on the council, it can feel very like we just talked about how mm -hmm. you value us, but then you didn't talk to us about this thing. And now it, and it, it can create kind of an environment that um, makes our small businesses feel like we're not under attack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it, this this um, process will be really important, super important um, in other news. The election is coming up. Yeah. Which is crazy. Five months. Five months from now, which feels like tomorrow. It also <laughs> feels like yesterday that we're running again. Um, but we did get some news this week that Vice Mayor Jan Devereaux has announced that she is actually not seeking re-election. So I am actually really, really sad about this. Yeah, me too. Um, she, no, I'm not to like, you know, say I'm special, but we did, she talked called me before uh, the, the night before and said i'm making an announcement and we talked a lot about her reasons and um you know she then sent her announcement the next day and it was a lot of what she talked to me about just reclaiming her time with her family and friends and um but she had a lot of words of encouragement for us she said you know uh, you know i think you and alana and quentin have been doing great work you guys should Definitely continue on. I think, um, you know, it, you know. She was like, "I have seven months left, so I'm still here, but it is the right decision for me." And I, I had a tear in my eye. I didn't tell her this, but I was like, "I'm bummed because I've gotten to know her, and uh, it was her birthday Monday as well." Yeah, and you said that like at the end of the meeting, and I felt like such a jerk because I didn't even know. I got her some Cadbury eggs. Oh, that was nice. Um, and I wrote her a card on my stationery. And she was like, we have stationery with our names on it? You're like, no, you don't. Never <laughs> mind. Like, Bye. <laughs> I was like, I found the stash. Anyway, she's just a, you know, she's so thorough. She's very thoughtful. She works very, very hard, just like us. And um, the women, you know, I have to say, like, we, we've kind of stuck together. And uh, I, I really like her, so... I do too. And I, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before about how, you know, 
working with her is like you, every committee meeting that she holds, you know that you're going to go to something that is very well thought out. Yeah. There's going to be great speakers. There's, we're going to really get to the issues and um, you don't feel like you're wasting your time. And I do think she comes very, very prepared. She always has great questions. Um, you know, and she, she represents a constituency that I don't, that I don't necessarily um, always feel like I'm fully aligned with, right? Like she brings different things to the table. And I think um, I'm always happy to support those things. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily be the one that was like pushing them forward. Yeah. So I, you know, I think it's really important when you have a variety of people on the city council exactly. that are doing, you know, passionate about different things. And it's exciting to be supporting somebody who's passionate about something that you, you, it isn't a focus of yours. So I will, I mean, I know she's going to be around for seven more months, but I'm, I am, I'm sad that, um, that she is going, but I, as I said, I totally understand um, the idea of, of wanting a better life work balance because she does give her all. Yeah. Did yeah. you ask her if she's still going to do her blog post where she like goes through the whole agenda <laughs> and it helps us out? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Did you ask her that? No, I didn't. I oh, should have. I was like, wait, what about the agenda updates? <laughs> You're going to still keep your blog. <laughs> Anyways, Jan, I know you don't listen probably listen, podcast, but, but we are going to miss you. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the elections, I had my kickoff last night. You did. Thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I'm glad it's over. I'm grateful that, it, you know, I actually all day was like, I don't think anyone's coming. <laughs> I don't think anyone's coming. No, there are a lot of people there. There are a lot of people there. It was really great. And it was um it was actually nice. Like somebody said to me, like, it's going to be a room full of people who like you, which never happens mm-hmm. right now. It never happens that there you walk Rarely. into a room where everybody likes you. So that was actually really nice. And it was validating to be there and, and talk about, you know, to really think about what I've done, what we've done together over the last year and a half. Like, you don't often stop to think mm-hmm. like all of the things you've done. And then you're like, oh, what? look at us. Yeah, you did a good job speaking. I am a terrible public speaker. <laughs> so bad. You were so nervous, right? But she was like, I can't do this. I was like going to vomit on you. <laughs> Projectile. <laughs> Everyone kept being like, why are you so nervous? I'm like, I I really hate speaking in public. But I I was, once I got up there, I was fine. Um, I had a couple of people that spoke on my behalf then actually literally sat behind me during the, um, during this, my speech and like were like my hype people. So it was actually really easy to keep my... Uh, momentum up and and feel good about what I was saying but thanks to everybody who came um but I'm running again yeah here we go and you have yours coming up mine is May 29th I'll be there no one come (laughs) just no (laughs) everyone comes (laughs) um so yeah that that was really fun the day before we um was it the day yeah the day or yeah the day before we had other stuff going on right we went to the state house yes we went to the East Cambridge Business Association meeting and then Loyal Nine for our coffee. And then we went to the State House to testify um, in front of the Housing Committee um, on um, a House Bill 1288, which was an act relative to housing reform um, that was put forward by Representative Honan and Vargas. And this is really um, a new bill around housing and housing production, um, some zoning issues, creating some funds. Um, it. It was really exciting to be there. There was a lot of different people there. Um, yeah, it was our first time. Our our first time together. For yep. our first time together is I had recently testified for uh, lowering the, the doing extending voting 
to absentee. What did I? What was that? <laughs> I forget. Sixteen-year-olds. Not sixteen-year-olds. It was oh. the other one. Uh, municipal elections. Yes, yes. Early voting and municipal elections. So I'd been there for that, and then we went for for this um, with Rep Decker, and uh, we also spoke in support of a task force being formed yeah. to look at equity when it comes to housing, and because there are a lot of people who are saying that this bill doesn't go far enough. It doesn't have enough tenant protections. That um, you know what? How? What are we doing now to help with gentrification and displacement? And I think you know, for me, the way I've parsed it out is that this bill really, for it is about uh, thinking about the suburbs and what um, the suburbs should be doing. Yes, because of the the historical zoning practices that have very much perpetuated racial and economic segregation. And one of the things I said was, um, we're just continuing to add jobs here, right? And those high tech jobs aren't going away. And what with the suburbs not creating enough housing, it's actually putting such a huge intense pressure on housing here in Cambridge. And what that's doing is displacing our lower and middle income uh, residents, which then creates, a, it's just a tsunami of um, housing needs that could be remedied if the housing production in, you know, even if you think about within 128, um, it, it something needs to happen. There is, we're, we're sort of at a breaking point. Yeah, so I, there were a number of activists there who I know and recognized and I do agree with that the tenant displacement that is happening in our communities is not right. And we have to have stronger tenant displacement policies and the legislature should do that. There are other bills that I've been very much focused on and look forward to testifying on behalf related to eviction ceiling and also um, the right to counsel. Mm-hmm. And so we, we did adopt an order on Monday. Joining, yes, thank you. Yeah, joining the Massachusetts uh, coalition. Um, and Boston's on it, Somerville's on it, and they asked Cambridge. And so I, I submitted a request and we all voted in favor. Uh, but I think that it is gaining enough momentum. And I think these types of things will go a long way to really specifically help with tenant displacement. One of the things that I've been noticing um, when people call my office and are being displaced um, when they have Section 8 vouchers, they they don't have an annual lease. They don't have a 12-month lease. Mm -hmm. So it leaves them very, very vulnerable for when somebody comes and buys their apartment building and they're on a month-to-month lease with a Section 8. It makes it really difficult um, to quickly place them somewhere else um, when they're in jeopardy of losing their housing, when the, the, the landlord says, sorry, you have three months um, to find another place. And when you have a Section 8 voucher, three months is not a long time. Um, and so I wonder, you know, I wonder, thinking about tenant displacement protections, like, do we need to start thinking about if you have a Section 8 voucher, you have to have a 12-month lease because otherwise you're just super vulnerable. Yeah, and also... I talked a little bit to Sean Tierney about this last night or, or during the hearing, but just I think a huge thing that would help would having um, these like a flexible money pot. Yeah. That, um, that, I, that stuff is what I'm trying to work on because we right now we have pots of money, but we can't use them for everything. Uh, and I just got an email today from DeNovo <laughs> who, who was like, is there mo- any money available for this? And unfortunately... Are because of the anti-aid amendment and all these things, there are very specific things that we can provide um, resources to. But if we have a pot of money that is, you know, let's say 
from the, the corporations and right. from from the biotech companies and 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 who who, definitely, who are dis- whose employees are displacing our residents, right, 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 who can contribute to a a a fund for dis- tenant displacement uh, that can be used for these types of things, and I think we could help. We could preserve more tenancies than we are now. Mm-hmm. So a lot to a lot to, to do on that, but we um that it was it was good to go and testify. Uh, and then that night, I organized a uh, affordable housing finance 101 with members of a Better Cambridge and a Cambridge Residents Alliance, who are our two some some of our housing advocacy groups. They're our biggest. Yeah, they're our biggest ones. And so I uh, I wanted to do that as part of Affordable Housing Action Month that's happening right now because we have had a lot of questions. Uh, throughout the overlay process in particular about, hey, how is affordable housing finance? And there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so this was an amazing presentation by Peter Roth from his lecturer at MIT. And he's done some of he's actually, you know, been involved in affordable housing deals. And he went over how is affordable housing created in finance? What are the barriers to creating affordable housing? And what are some solutions to these barriers? So I have the presentation. I will definitely, we have a whole list of people who came and we'll be sharing it with them. And then- Is there a video? We have a video as well. Because I wasn't able to be there, but I yeah. was, really want to see it. There is a video. And so when it's available, I will tweet and like okay. uh, share it. But, uh, you know, we it was a really, really good conversation. And um, I think- some people, a lot of people did leave as they were leaving. They they were like, thank you so much for having this because it was a like over, it was a two hour kind of presentation. It f- kind of felt like you're in class, yeah. but there were so many people who were interested because a lot of people had no idea. As much as we've tried in our committee hearings to get some information out, this was the, the better way of uh, ha- having uh, good good information and examples of mm-hmm. how affordable housing gets uh, financed and uh, so I think people learned a lot you know I think some people went and um, pr- you know probably you know shared I think people are going to share this information with others and so forth and so uh, it was but I'm glad it happened and a big thank you to the to Becca and Abra uh, from the organizations who who really helped put this together um, thank you for whatever the role that you played in putting that together. I think that you know we've been having a very binary conversation in Cambridge uh, about this very you know controversial thing, and um, there's not a lot of opportunity for people to engage and have their questions answered and their concerns addressed. And I think funding is one of them. I think there's a number of other things that um, the community is hungry for answers on that are coming straight from the mouths of people who are experts like this. This right. Harvard lecture, you know, I, I think it's very easy for me to sit in a in a committee hearing and talk about how affordable housing is funded, but I don't think anybody believes me, <laughs> right? Right? I'm not an expert on funding, but to have a presentation like that and to have those questions answered, I think is so critical in this conversation because I think it's a way to kind of change someone the way that they're looking at it and the lens that they're looking through. So. Thank you for doing that. I think we need to do more of it. And a big question, people are like, oh, is there a way to change, you know, it, can it always be perpetually affordable? Right. Yeah. It's something called a covenant, right? You put right. that into the language and say, this can never be a, uh, you know, sold a, a for-profit profit, um, market rate right, development. And I think for some people, they just need to hear that from someone who isn't on a listserv, who yeah. isn't a resident or isn't an elected official. Right. So 
providing some more opportunities for those types of interactions where you know people are providing good solid information mm-hmm. that people it's a trusted source right um i think will go a long way in this conversation and we should be providing more of those opportunities um so tonight there's a couple of things yeah you have your historical commission yeah so this is very funny so the historical commission's annual preservation awards are tonight from 6 to 8 p.m at the pentecostal tabernacle um, on magazine street there's going to be light refreshments and then charlie sullivan who's our historical commission um, guru um, will be um, highlighting each awardee and bestowing of the awards i have to tell you this very funny story so i'm going to this tonight I had gotten um, Kit Rollins from the Historical Commission was like, hey, can you come to this event? Please put on your calendar. I was like, oh, okay. I don't have anything on my calendar that night. At that time, this Kalo thing wasn't happening. And um, so then last week I got, here's your talking points for the, I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, you're the the speaker. You're the speaker? Yes. What are you going to say? Well, they thankfully they gave me talking points. But I was like, that's so brilliant. Like, can you come to my thing? And then, oops, you have to speak. It's hilarious. It's hilarious because you know how much I hate speaking yeah. in public. But anyway, so that's tonight. And um, I actually got to see some of the awardees. And I, it's going to be a fun night. It's that's great. Fun. I didn't yeah. get an invite. Well, I mean, maybe they were going to. Rude. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they were just working their way down the list. <laughs> M, does M come before us? <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, so I, I'm not going to that. I am going to go to a town hall meeting that's happening at Kalo regarding the Sullivan Courthouse. Um, it We'll have more to say on this. Uh, and essentially, Mike, Rep Mike Connolly is hosting it. Uh, and, yep. you know... So I'm going to that. And then I have a birthday dinner, one of my best friend's birthday. So I'm going to Loose. Oh, fine. Yes, finally. Finally. I've okay. never been. So okay. I um, I made the reservation. So it's like, so I have to go. You have to. Uh, so, but I'm going to drop by for at least half an hour. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned. Well, I'll have a report back on that. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that next week. Um, My council aide is going to go in my place to take notes. And um, I actually spent an hour this morning with a uh, representative Connolly to kind of go over what they're going to be presenting tonight. So I'll be really interested to see how, um, how it's received yeah. um, and who, and who's going to, who yeah. and who's going to end up going. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, I just wanted to remind everybody that Inman Eats is this Sunday. Um, you can buy tickets online. It is uh, lots of food. There's going to be a, an open beer garden, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, I will tweet out the information, but that is happening this Sunday, the 19th. Also happening is um, the annual May community bike ride uh, on Saturday, and it's led by the Cambridge Bicycle Committee. Uh, if you want to go, you can meet outside the Cambridge Public Library, 449 Broadway at 9 a.m. Ride departs promptly at 930. Uh, and this year's bike ride theme is Coast the City Ride. It's a 13-mile ride, and it'll exp- that's so many miles. That's canceled. Uh, it will explore <laughs> the historical coast and waterways of Cambridge and areas of the city that are vulnerable to future flooding due to climate change. And the ride will be escorted by the Cambridge Police Department's bike patrol. Um, it'll be canceled if there's heavy rain. So uh, definitely go and check it out. Sounds cool. Um, I will not be there because I'll probably be at the at the baby, baby U graduation. graduation. Are you going? I'm not because I'm actually Mother's Day with my mom is tomorrow because last Sunday was my Mother's Day. Oh my God, Day. we didn't even talk about Mother's Day. Oh, 
Uh, it was so fun. I'm so glad. I just spent like the entire week with my mom. We had so much fun. I can't wait. I until, took her like, to the can, mall. Yeah, I can't wait until my kids are old enough to like do things like take me to the mall and and, and fully f- celebrate me as a mom. Oh, yeah. My mom was telling everyone. She was like, I had the best Mother's Day weekend. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the Baby U graduation is Saturday, May 18th, 1030 to 1145 at the Peabody School Auditorium. Um, you should come. I'm going. I can't. I'm so Oh, no. I'm yeah, saying yeah. to the oh, listeners. I'm like, I already said I can't come. No. You Rude. people should yeah, come. Yeah, you guys should go. There's going to be babies there. Baby. Uh, so I'm doing that. And then um, just to plug for the community iftar that's happening next wednesday at 7 p.m it's uh going to be great and it's uh, always great it's always great we will be having the meal in the senior center but the program will be in the sullivan chambers that's amazing um, i loved that event last year thank you to sarah uh and other uh folks who've been sarah my legislative aide has been working very hard uh with others to to put it together I can't wait for that. It's always one of my favorite events. Okay, I'm glad you're coming. No, I'm totally coming. Okay, good. I'm actually, are you going to go to the iftar tomorrow night at the Prospect Street Mosque? I'm actually going to the Wayland iftar. Uh, So we're splitting. We're splitting, yeah. You're going to Wayland. I went to Wayland. Yeah, because they have um, the first woman, Muslim woman who was elected in Pennsylvania speaking, and it's a benefit through care. Oh, which is cool. um, yeah. So I got invited, and uh, it's going to be all the Muslim women who've been elected in the state together. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. That's there's a few of us, so there's like four of us. But uh, and five. you're all going to be there. We're all going to be there. We all have a table. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to miss the neighborhood iftar, but hopefully catch up with folks on Wednesday. Well, I'll represent. Represent. I'll yeah, represent. Let me give you some flyers. <laughs> for the iftar. Oh, for that. Other, yeah. I was like, flyers for what? <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be iftaring it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, have a great week, everyone. Have a great week, everyone. Um, if you have suggestions for our podcast or if you have questions that you want to ask us, burning questions, you can tweet at us. I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. And please share this podcast with anybody that you think might be interested in all of the happenings here in Cambridge. Share it. Thank you. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye.